when I think about our life, when I say our, I'm talking about me and Carol, and I, when I think about our life, our marriage, our family, and our ministry, I realize that, uh, that we're walking a different path than what has been portrayed on Christian TV and the whole, I call it the Christian entertainment industry. I find that the Lord has led us to stop trying to build a big ministry, but to be about the business of building people, uh, making disciples, and living out the purpose of God. And we tried to build the ministry. <laughs> we really did eight years ago when we started a church. Uh, and no matter how much we tried, the Lord has always steered us in a particular direction. And today I want to talk to you very briefly about the four building blocks for our home church gatherings. As we always do, you know, we always open up with prayer. And so let's just do that right now. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity you've given us just to share in this special way, uh, using video, using internet, uh, taking advantage of the technology of our day. And so Lord God, I trust you to speak through me and to communicate your thoughts, your will, your purpose, your plan for our church family. I thank you for those that watch us online and are participating in this journey with us. Lord, do a special thing in their hearts and homes today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, before I talk to you about uh, building, uh, the building blocks, just let me give you some of the background and the perspective about what we're doing here. We're asking you to gather with your families. We still encourage you to gather. Take some time with your family um, on, those, on those particular Sundays or with your friends or just make a small group uh, for your home church session. Um, we have prepared a guide and an outline for you to follow each week. So when you do gather, um, you still can, we, we're not just leaving you on your own wondering what to do. We actually give you a step-by-step -step guideline that you can follow in your, in your gathering. We ask that you use our devotional books that we've written or any of the lessons or articles that we may give you uh, in the future. From time to time, there'll be lessons or articles that I'll give you to read in your gathering and share with everyone and for you guys to just talk about and discuss it and to pray. Now, here's something I want to share with you that's very, very important, very important. Uh, here's a powerful reality of the church in the 21st century. Um, uh, this research comes from an organization called Church Growth Incorporated, and they and many other researchers uh, have studied how people came into relationship with Jesus Christ. And they discovered that the primary ways uh, that people came to know the Lord uh, was not what many of us expect. Uh, today in America, out of all of the people who have professed to have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, less than 1% of them uh, became believers through evangelistic crusades. <laughs> and that probably surprises a lot of, a lot of people because they believe in having crusades and conferences and all those kinds of things. But less than 1% of the people who are saved today got saved through a crusade uh, or a conference, uh, citywide revivals and all that kind of thing. Less than 1%, that's just the truth. Um, only 3% of the people that are saved today came to know the Lord through church services and programs. Here's one that hits close to home for me. Uh, pastors account for only 6% of the people that, out of all the folks that are saved in America, only 6% got saved uh, through their pastor. Um, now, friends and relatives, here's the thing, and it's the reason why we're taking our ministry into our homes. 
friends and relatives meeting in informal settings uh, account for a whopping 78%. Listen to that. 78% of the people who are saved in America, who are Christian believers in America, got saved through uh, informal settings and through friends and through relatives. It didn't happen through church, didn't happen through a pastor, didn't happen through no revivals and no conferences and church programs. And it's really something because most of the time and money and efforts spent in ministries and churches is on church programs and conferences and, and, and church services and events. And, and it simply doesn't happen that way. Even a lot of our outreaches, that's what I mean by church programs, the outreaches and stuff, that's not how people get saved. They get saved through friends and relatives in informal settings like what we are pushing and encouraging us to do here in Urban Life Church. Um, uh, at this same time last year, you know, I told you that um, you, uh, you know, <laughs> you are in charge of the biggest ministry in this church. Pastor Chris and Pastor Carol are not in charge of the biggest and most important ministry in this church. You are, um, particularly those of you who are heading households. But it, it's, it's up to you. I want you to think of from now on, from this point on, don't think of uh, Urban Life Church as being uh, the facility that we gather in, or even uh, you know when we come together at the PA at the Pennsylvania United Church Center, that's the that's us as a church gathering. But the most important ministry takes place in your home. So I want you to think of your house, uh, and uh, as 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 a ministry, and and it's a place for you to minister to your own family, your own relatives and your own friends. You don't have to try to get them to come and meet with us, meet with us. but the real impactful, powerful ministry, this uh, in, impact and powerful points of this ministry will take place in your home. So that's the background uh, uh, of what I'm uh, about to share with you now. Uh, that's the background from what we're doing right now here in Life Church. We're not looking to build a building, to buy or to lease a brick and mortar facility. That's not what we're about. We've accepted the call. When I say we, I mean me and my wife, and I want you to join with us in that call. We've accepted the call to build people, to build people. And here in Harrisburg and across the United States and around the world, we're accepting the call. Think about that, church family. We must accept the call to build people not buy buildings, not lease buildings, uh, not try to uh, get some facility and work programs out of it. No, we're called to build people. That's it. Uh, so let's look at the building blocks and we'll find the building blocks in 1 Peter 4th chapter verses 7 through 11, which says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Wow. And then it goes on to say, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory 
and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. So the first building block for us uh, is to be sober and watchful in prayer. The word sober means to be of a sound mind, to be in one's right mind, to exercise self-control. It means to be moderate uh, to, uh, in your estimate of the way you think about yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you are to. Don't think of yourself low, lower. You know, um, it means to curb one's passions. Don't just live based upon your feelings. Um, and to be watchful, it says for us. Let's see, this is, this is our first building block. First of all, be, be of a sound, settled mind, be in exercise, self-control. Don't live by your passions. Don't think of your, don't live motivated by yourself. Uh, uh, I, I spoke to you and talked to you guys about how narcissism really rules and reigns in a strong way here in this community where we serve, where for many people it's all about them. Many people are seizing every moment they can to promote themselves, to exalt themselves. Um, it's just everywhere. Uh, and so we're told to not, don't live that way. Don't live promoting yourself and making everything about you. Be sober. And then it says be watchful. Watchful means to be temperate um, and to be circumspect. And he says, now here's the thing, be sober and watchful in prayer. And prayer, as we know, is, is talking to God and hearing from God. Um, and prayer is also, is a, is, we want you to think of prayer as being a, a place that's set apart um, so that you can uh, get along with God. Think in, think in terms when it says being sober and watchful in prayer, set aside a specific time for yourself to pray. Don't make it just random. I know you can pray anywhere, anytime, anywhere, but actually discipline yourself. To This is my prayer time, whether it's in the morning or at night, uh, but set aside a specific time to pray. Uh, so be watchful, uh, just like a watchman that guards a, 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 a guard or a sentry post and all of that kind of thing. A, a designated time that this is your time to watch and to pray. Uh, Wow. So it's very, very in, important for us today. So that's the first building block. The next building block is to have fervent love for one another. Uh, the word fervent means unceasing. It never stops. Uh, some of the other words for fervent are things like stretching out or being intentional, being earnest, being really genuine for real. And when the, word, when the Bible uses this word love, it's talking about our affection or goodwill for one another. Um, some other words are like benevolence. We think of benevolence when it comes to helping people in a crisis or in a need with food or supplies, uh, sometimes with money to help them meet their bills. Uh, and look, look at what the, uh, that scripture, it actually said, because love covers, love will cover a multitude of sins. Um, word, that word cover means to hide or to veil or to hinder the knowledge of a thing. Um, in other words, uh, when you start, and this is just a dynamic, when you start helping people, and here's part of the reason why some people don't like getting help, because when you start helping people, it kind of puts you in folks' business. You start finding out things about them, the reason why they got in trouble in the first place, the reason why they're having financial trouble or, or uh, food problems or, or whatever it might be. Once you start helping people, 
then it makes people vulnerable and, and their faults and flaws come, kind of start showing and you find out how they got in the situation in the first place. And so it's embarrassing. And one thing that happens is people start gossiping and telling what they found out about this person that we were helping. And so here's the reason why uh, Peter told the church to have fervent love for one another, earnest love, benevolent love to get out there and, and help, but also love that covers, that when you find out things about people, don't spread it, don't gossip, because love covers. If you love them, you're going to, you're going to uh, uh, not let the knowledge of that, what you just discovered, you're not gonna let that information get out to anybody else. You're gonna keep it between you and your brother, you and your sister, uh, you and your friend. You're not going to let it spread, spread around. If, if it gets out, it ain't going to be because you, uh, you said anything. And so that's uh, uh, going to be a tremendous, tremendous building block for us here in Urban Life Church. The next building block is to be hospitable. The word hospitable or the hospitality means uh, to be generous, means to be generous to guests. The same way you and I will go out of our way, if you have a guest in your home, uh, and we are called to be that way with one another. In other words, always treat each other like they're a guest in your home. But I see them all the time, you know. <laughs> but no, still treat them like a guest. And, and to do it without grumbling. Grumbling usually comes from feeling unappreciated, or feeling overlooked, or feeling overworked, or, or feel like you're being taken advantage of, especially if someone if somebody else is being recognized for their work and their labor, but you're never recognized, so you have to avoid the grumbling because when you, when you move into the type of ministry that urban life is moving into, uh, you're going to do a, a, a lot of behind the scenes nobody ever knows, even the pastor. Don't even expect Pastor Chris and Pastor Carol to know everything that you're doing, to know every price that you're paying. We're not going to know. It's impossible. And we're telling you from personal experience, I have, there are countless, countless thousands of things that I did to serve my brother. He has never known to this day that I've done it. I never told him, never told anybody else because I want my reward for what I did to come from God, not from him, not from people. So I want you to see this as a tremendous building block uh, to be hospitable without grumbling. This building block carries right over into the fourth and final building block because it's all about having a servant's heart and not just a desire to be served or to be lifted up or to receive a title or receive a position. The fourth and final building block is to minister your gifts to one another. The word minister means to be a servant, to be an attendant, a domestic. Uh, you know, a domestic is, you know, the folks who cook and clean and, you know, they serve. They are the servants and they wait on people. They're the waiter or the waitress. They're the ones mopping floors and dumping trash and all that kind of thing. And so the Bible's telling us to minister, to serve one another with that type of attitude, with your gifts. Even with your gifts, you treat it as if though you're a domestic, you're a servant. Uh, now you're not a superstar, you're not a diva. <laughs> uh, Another word for wait means like to wait at a table and to offer food and drink to the guest. Be the per like, like a person who prepared and served food. Minister also means to supply the necessities of life. Uh, it's about um, uh, relieving someone of their, of their burdens and, uh, you know, like, can I take your coat? Can I, can I carry this for you? Uh, um, 
is having that type of attitude all the time that when you see somebody else working and doing something, uh, let me help you with that. Uh, it also means minister means to take care of the poor and the sick or, or, or and in, in a Christian church, uh, in, in the church, the one of the words that's used for minister is deacon. Did you know that really the word deacon means servant? It does, it's not just a title that a bunch of men or women are supposed to have so that they could sit in certain places in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to be a church that ministers, serves one another with our gifts. Uh, and to minister also means to attend to anything that may serve another person's interests. Wow. And some of you have done that already. You have been tremendous servants in other churches and ministries that you're coming from. And and maybe they overlooked you and they hurt your feelings. Uh, they stepped on you. Some of them did it intentionally. I would venture to say most of them didn't do it intentionally. They just may not have been sensitive. But forgive them. Move on. It doesn't mean it'll never happen here at Urban Life Church because we could very well do the same thing unintentionally. So the issue is for you and I to constantly have a servant's heart. I was doing this to help you. Even if you didn't recognize that I was helping you, even if you didn't appreciate the fact that I was helping you, I was doing this to help you and to serve the Lord. Wow. So God has given each of you a gift or many gifts. And many of you know what your gifts are and and the home gatherings. Here's why Pastor Chris is talking about this today. Our home gatherings are going to provide the opportunity for you to serve others with your gifts. Others some people may not know what their gifts are yet. But I can tell you that you're going to discover your gifts as you progress through these next few weeks and months in your home church gatherings. All right. God bless you. That's it. That's all Pastor Chris wanted to share with you, those four building blocks. And uh, please take the time. Go back. Review this video, this teaching. Go through those building blocks over and over again. You may even want to show this video in one of your home group gatherings to help others understand what this is all about. God bless you guys. Let's just pray as we close today. Lord, I thank you for this word. Thank you for the building blocks you've given us to establish this very precious thing that you placed in our hands. I want all the church families, hold your hands out like this and just receive this. To see that, kind of use your imagination that God has given you something very precious because he is. He's given you and entrusting you with the responsibility to, of oversight in your home. Bless the Lord. Urban Life Church is not about giving or handing out titles and positions in a church organization. If we can't be responsible at home, then we can't take care of the house of God. So we're doing first things first. Let's be responsible in our homes with our families, with our friends. Let's serve there. Let's just start there and let's just see what God does with us. God bless you today and we'll talk to you next time.